Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I am good. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing doing good. Um, so, as usual, what have you been uh, playing in the last couple of weeks? Uh, last couple of weeks, I'm still kind of on or last uh, week, Stranded. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on Stranded Alien Dawn. Uh, still trying to figure the game out. I like it. Um, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that it's kind of, you love what you hate and you hate what you love in that it's very, very random. Like you don't get to control a whole lot of things, which makes it kind of challenging in the sense that, you know, it's not a very predictable path. Um, on the same time, you know, it's one little thing can just make everything so much harder or so much easier. It's just kind of random of it like more story in the game and unfortunately that's where it's really lacking um outside of that you know just random stuff a little bit of farthest frontier i'm kind of hoping for the next uh update for seven days to die because they're making a lot of change for the next you know the big system change update i'm waiting for that to come live uh other than that you know being the holidays that it is time's kind of yeah. not really being my in my favor so yeah you just had the thanksgiving didn't you so yeah thanksgiving and we're closing in on christmas because holy crap it's almost the next year yeah yeah already almost almost a week into december i don't know i don't know where november went i don't know if anybody remembers november but um where november went i'm i'm 48 where the hell did my life go (laughs) yeah yeah um speaking of november there's something i need to kind of explain not apologize for but explain um so on my public version of iTunes, I am subscribed to Entertainment Talks podcast so that I can see what things look like on the public side and see if things get uploaded properly and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Plus, now and again, I do listen to parts of, if not all of, my own podcasts. Cause I think you kind of need to do that sometimes, especially with the amount of podcasts that we make. And... I was, you know, we were doing uh, film reviews, Walking Dead, a um, couple of TV things here and there, gaming talk, obviously. Uh, United Cast has been on a bit of a break because of the World Cup. <clears throat> and uh, a week or two went by, and I sort of noticed, like, huh, gaming talk isn't updating. I don't know why that is. Um, and I went on the iTunes feed, and it said November 4th, and I thought, that wasn't recently. Uh, and then I went and it was episode 322. We're now on 326, I think this one is. Um, so it was missing three podcasts. They were on the website. They, they they weren't like deleted. They were still out there. They just weren't on iTunes feeds. And I thought, okay, I will, you know, have a look at that. Um, nothing went actually wrong, um, like in a, in a tech sense. No, no, nothing had like broken or anything. Basically, what had happened, um, now and again when I make new drafts or I copy a draft uh, from this week to next week so I don't have to put in every single thing, I can just change like you know the number of the title and then put some new stuff in. Every now and again, um, the drafts will get a little bit clogged and not quite work so properly. Um, um, so yeah, every now and then the drafts will get a bit old, a bit sort of clogged if you want to call it that and i lose the ability to put um new audio files in there so all i basically do is copy and paste uh, certain information 
make a new draft and then like have a fresh draft going forward um and essentially all i did there there's a box that's called all podcasts which i open and i click on it's got all of our series in there and uh essentially the entertainment talk new and the gaming talk ones uh were not ticked so i went back to the three episodes um change the because i can change the published date and the like itunes date if that makes sense um so instead of moving them to the top of the website um i went on to the itunes date and made them all for yesterday so for december 3rd just to sort of bump up the episodes in case people hadn't heard them or whatever the case may be um but that should be sorted this week i'll make sure i double check that there's just a lot of um there's a lot of stuff to type in, there's a few different boxes to click and check and all, all that type of stuff and it was just a human error, the fact that I hadn't uh, clicked on the two particular boxes. So uh, yeah, for those of you who may, may have fallen behind a bit with the gaming episodes, there's going to be like a bunch of, uh, well th- this week's episode obviously from today and the three from the, the last couple of weeks. So uh, that is all resolved now. Um, so, uh, they're, they're not actually in the order that I put them in, but they're all sort of bumped up to the top of the, uh, iTunes feeds, which is for the, uh, the main Entertainment Talk feed and the Gaming Talk one. So it's just my mistake, the fact that I just didn't tick the two boxes, but if I don't, then it, then it doesn't know to put them in. So, uh, that was basically all that happened. Um, so in case you think that we, like, disappeared for a few weeks or something, because not everybody always listens through the website, some of you might listen through... Uh, podcast platform so in case you thought that we disappeared for a couple of weeks even though there was other content uh we didn't um i just uh, made the mistake with that so i'll make sure to double check that for today because uh, basically once i've checked that box with this one and then i clone the episodes going forward i won't need to check it but that is uh, i just wanted to explain that just in case you thought that we went away or i don't know something like that so there we go uh in terms of stuff i've been playing um finished god of war ragnarok um, I put out my review yesterday, which is when I checked the, the those those different boxes and stuff. Um, won't say too much more here because I spent just over an hour yesterday talking about the game. Uh, but overall, I liked it. It's got some things I didn't enjoy, some things that I did. Um, so it was a relatively uh, balanced experience for me. Uh, moved on since then to Playtale Requiem. I've also got uh, the new Kirby game, Forgotten Lands, I think it's called. Um, I've dipped into, I dipped into both for a couple of hours, because I wasn't sure which one I actually wanted to start next. Um, Kirby, which I have played about, uh, two hours of maybe, is a really delightful game. If you want something, like, like, if you just come away from a really serious, like, story game, or you just want to chill out with, like, a fun kind of game, uh, Kirby's one that I, I definitely recommend for that. Um, it's weirdly... It's got sort of... I never thought I'd quite com- compare it to these games, but it's got, like, the sort of um, world setting. Not quite so grim, but the world setting of, like, The Last of Us. There's lots of... And what I mean by that is there's lots of sort of, like, overgrown areas. You know, like in... Because obviously you've seen Last of Us before. Um, how you have, like, everything's overgrown and, like, the buildings are covered with, with leaves and, like, things are sort of damaged and stuff like that because obviously the world's not been maintained doesn't look quite as grim and gritty as what last of us one does but it's more of like a family friendly version of that and the other game i compare it to is crash bandicoot because you are literally breaking boxes at different points and whatnot so um but that's my yeah first the ambience of it yeah yeah the, the like the 
setting of that. So, um, and the other one I compare it to, yeah, is Crash Bandicoot because you do literally break boxes and you've got very like linear, not necessarily the same corridor thing as Crash Bandicoot. There's like different differentiating paths, but uh, it's it's pretty fun so far. I dipped into that for a couple of hours. That was really great. I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Um, but yeah, played. I'm up to chapter. Uh, midway through chapter five of uh, Play Tell, this game is like it, it. It's kicking on. I'm I'm burning through the the chapters, and apparently I think there's eleven or seventeen or something like that. Um, something like that. Anyway, um, which is really really great. It's one of them games that does something really good in terms of it introduces you to a new mechanic, makes specific use of that mechanic. Uh, Play Tell, I'm talking about. Um, in a particular area, and then get you used to it for like, let's say a chapter or so, because um, there's different like subparts to each chapter, um, and then in the new chapter we'll like introduce you to something else and a new mechanic. The trick for you as a player is to remember to not just rely on the new mechanic that you've unlocked, but to combine that with the other ones, uh, and that sort of thing has started kicking on a bit more. Um, so if you don't know, so this is about, um, there's this little boy called Hugo, uh, this is the second game, the first one was just called Playtale, and Amicia is his sister, he's got this, like, virus type of thing, um, it's like this darkness thing, and he can kind of, like, um, he can sort of, like, he hasn't got control of it, because he's a, you know, young kid, um, he's probably about eight. 10 years old maybe something like that he's like a, a very much a little kid um and Amicia is probably probably like 18 to 22 years old roughly uh just to sort of set the table for that but um and he's not quite got control of this virus and he accidentally summons like loads of rats which gets you to obviously you've got to avoid them because they'll eat you otherwise and uh, the main thing that they don't like is fire. So you've got to use the tools that you've got to get through the area and do some puzzle solving type stuff. And every now and again, Amicia will have a companion with her or her brother. And the game kind of goes uh, from there. I played about half of the first game and it just never quite clicked with me. I didn't really want to sort of like give up on on the games themselves. But uh, I, you know, I, I saw some some gameplay for this one coming out, and I remember saying at the time, like, oh, it, it looked like just a sort of improved version of uh, what we had before. So I, I wanted to jump in and check this out. I will say, because I don't know how the second half of the first game goes or how the first game ends, and they sort of allude to certain things, but not that much seems to have changed in the story. And I would say, if if you like, don't want to go back to the first game. So far at the moment, um, I mean, maybe something later on in, in this second game gets revealed that I was supposed to know about from the first game. But so far, I would say if you just want to jump in on this new game, I think you can do that. You might miss some references or some, like, bit of backstory, but the, the, the story setup is pretty much still the same. I mean, I don't know what happens at the end of the first game. Um, and I usually don't do that with games. Um, unless it's something like, uh... You know, like with God of War, how you can jump in on the 2018 game, and there's like a there's not illusions that there's alludes to they, they allude to like Kratos's past and stuff, but you don't have to have played those old games. It's not quite like that, um, at least not so far anyway, because uh, it's not like the, the the first game isn't that old. I think it's 
I don't know, three, four years old maybe, the, the first Plague Tale game. Um, but now I'm just finding this game to play better. Um, I th- It's still got fundamentally the same thing, which is you've got this sling where you can um, sling rocks at things, so like enemies or whatever. Uh, you can use like a fire sling, so where you can light up uh, certain lamps to obviously light certain areas that you can step into, because remember I said about the fire thing. Um, I don't really want to spoil like the gameplay su- surprises because some of them are quite good, but some of them just expand upon those ideas. Um, one thing they did announce or show off for this game is the crossbow, which I I remember saying at the time like, oh, that's an interesting little kind of like tool to give Amicia. Um, and I've got to chapter five, which is where you unlock that. And the crossbow seems quite good so far. I've not quite gotten like fully used to everything. Um, and you can also shoot like fire arrows, which is quite cool. Um, but no, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I have gotten, like, stupidly stuck on certain parts and then seen, like, a blatantly obvious solution. I'm like, oh, okay, that that felt like that was my fault. But no, I'm burning through it quite quickly. There's not really, like, loads of side stuff. There's, like, crates and stuff that you'll open to refill your uh, your stock because you've got, sort of got that survival element to it. But it's... Um, it's it's mostly linear. I mean, there's maybe a little corridor or two that you can go down and like collect something, but it's not like in God of War where you swim to the other side of the map or something, um, or on the boat to the other side of the map and you do like a an hour side quest. It, it it's not like that. Um, it's sort of a bit sort of like um the way that like Uncharted lays itself out, which is like, hey, you can kind of go off to this little area here in the corner to pick something up, but it's it's mostly linear, so it, it takes that kind of approach. Um, so uh, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. The my, my only real complaint about it, the, the movement and the way it combines with melee combat, because th- this, game, this game doesn't really want you to do melee combat. Um... Because you'll get a thing where, like, because these armoured soldiers are coming after you and stuff. And, uh, you can do, like, a counter. She'll sort of, like, kick one of them in the leg and then, like, hit them around the head or something. But it will stun them. So that's kind of, like, you, you, you'll do that and then you can kind of run off. Unless you pick up a knife, which you can stab them with. For, for some reason, she can't pull the knife out and take it with her. Which I find a little frustrating. Um... But no, the, the what the game, the the design of the game really is just to do stealth combat and you use your sling, which obviously sling at a close range isn't as effective. Um, you can also do various different things. Again, I'm not going to spoil the gameplay stuff, but you can do various new things to where you can trap uh, the enemies with the rats, which I which I find quite effective, and they like can't get away from that, which is which is quite good. So. Um, have you seen much of the the new Plague Tale game at all? Seen a bit of it. A couple of streamers that I follow have been playing it. Um, not really a game I'm interested in, but, you know, it's one of those things that, if you like it, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, graphically it looks better, audio design's good, haptic feedback is pretty good, uh, all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, and then the other thing I've been playing, I jumped back onto a bit of, uh, COD Modern Warfare 2, because it had been, it had been a bit of time, um, a, a little bit of time. Um, there's a lot for me to dig into with Modern Warfare 2, I'll have to try and do, like, a multiplayer review at some point, but the thing with that is, is the game's updating all the time. Um, just a couple of, like, simple thoughts on Modern Warfare 2, um, I still think that the combination of both haptic feedback, the, tr- the adaptive triggers, the way that they work with the with your gun 
the animations, the gunplay, um, I think is just absolutely top class. Um, there is still issues with the game. There's certain, like, you know, the friends list works sort of 90% of the time. Um, there's a few sort of buggy little things with that. Um, I'm hearing, like, endless complaints about Warzone 2, which I'm not going to touch that, so... Uh, but I'm I'm enjoying my time with it so far. Um, but then I play differently to most other players, so I'm just I'm just playing the game a bit differently. Um, but no, it's I've I've had a lot of fun with it recently. So, um, all right, that's all the stuff we've been playing. Let's get in some housekeeping and then some news. See you for all that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get twenty percent off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETalkUK. That's E T A L K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, as I mentioned, I did my God of War Ragnarok review yesterday. I gave it a don't skip rating, and I think I gave it like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. So that's my review for that. Spoiler free and spoiler split review. So if you don't want to know about spoilers, you can still listen to the first half of that podcast. Uh, The Walking Dead has now finished. Season 11, episode 24. It's called Rest in Peace. 
it's the end of the show, although there is three spin-offs coming up, but the actual Walking Dead show itself has finished. Uh, we still have one more podcast left, myself and David, next week, probably on Wednesday, uh, are going to be doing a series wrap-up. There's going to be a lot of comic book talk as well, because I finished the book and watched the show, so going to be comparing the endings and all kinds of different things, and just getting into our final thoughts on the show, so there's going to be all of that, and we do cover the plan, the, the spin-offs that have been set up by the show. Uh, gaming talk the week before uh, there, there wasn't many podcasts between this and last week because I did a bunch of overtime at work this week uh, but last week on gaming talk we talked about Hogwarts Legacy the Witcher 3 and the Callisto Protocol which we'll also be talking about today as well uh, Avatar The Way of Water is coming out very very soon and we've had a few trailers it looks very good apart from the story and the, the the non-existent i don't know what's what's going on with the film but uh, it's a strange kind of film and there's a lot riding on it there's a lot of money riding on this film as well of course that's james cameron's next film which is avatar the way of the water and then we're supposed to have avatar 3 4 and 5 after that so see how that goes uh, a couple of film reviews i did recently a must review must see review for smile don't skip reviews for nola holmes 2 must see review for a24's x and a don't skip review for Don't Worry Darling. Um, did a film review recently as well for Bat Panther Wakanda Forever. Strong must see review for that. And the other gaming talk episode recently uh, was us talking about the Game of the Year nominees, Xbox's future, and talking about some interviews and that type of stuff. Uh, that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Alright, um, I'd like to start off with what I consider our headline thing this week. Uh, we are in that little bit of like cooling off period with news, but there's a few things to talk about still, but we've got the Game Awards this week, so that's where a bunch of stuff is going to happen. Um, new Mario trailer. I'll let you go first. What did you think, assuming that you've, you've seen the, the second trailer that we've had, uh, what do you think of this film so far? Uh, I have seen the trailer. It looks okay. I do like the fact that it's animated and not live action. Uh, obviously, yep. there was a live action Super Mario, and to call it a disaster is like saying water's wet and fire is hot. Um, <laughs> past that, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, it's it's not bad. It doesn't have a particularly high bar to jump over. I mean, hell, you could go subterranean and still get over the bar that was the... Uh, 1984 movie of Super Mario Brothers. Um, past that, you know, it'll it'll be a thing. And honestly, I don't really care past that. Mm-hmm. Um, did they give a date for it? Was it March or something? Or am I thinking of something I else? I think March. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting next year. We've got The Last of Us, which, yes, I've seen the second trailer. And, yes, it looks incredible. Um, I'm not going to break that down here because we'll be here for another 40 minutes. <laughs> um, I need to figure out when to do a preview podcast for that, which I've not figured out yet. Um, yeah, because it's, it's interesting with like, because for, for me, obviously, you know, 
with my Last of Us stuff, I look at the first two trailers for that and all the information that we've got and, you know, the casting and who's behind it. You've got Craig Mazin, Neil Druckmann. And I look at that already and I'm like, okay, I don't see how this isn't the best video game to something adaption. Obviously, you've got TV and you've got film. Um, Sonic is a very, very good adaption. Um, although, it, it, like, in terms of video game adaptions to TV and film... There aren't many sort of like great ones because um, Uncharted wasn't that great. Halo wasn't very good. Um, the Witcher, which okay, you can argue it's book to, to TV show, but then the game is based off the books that are bo- they're both based off the book, so whatever. Um, that's quite a good adaptation. Um, we'll see what happens after season three, but uh, um, and I'm not I'm not saying that Mario is in competition with The Last of Us in terms of video game two you know, film adaption, but, um, if one's coming out, because Last of Us January 15th, and this is, I think, March something, um, and Last of Us, I think, will still be going out, uh, at that point, um, but obviously, they're very different types of adaptions, one's like a serious, gritty, grounded, realistic, you know, take on, um, you know, the apocalypse and the human condition, and one is like, you know, a Nintendo uh, Super yeah. Mario character, so they're, they're both very different. Um, what would you say Mario's in competition with? Maybe it's Sonic. It will probably get compared to, I suppose. Sonic a lot. Um, it'll definitely get compared to that. Outside of that, it's really kind of in its own category. I mean, it's like trying to compare Beef Wellington and Chicken Nuggets. I mean, they're both very enjoyable, <laughs> but they're both very different, different things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um. Because we we haven't had like a Crash Bandicoot film yet, um, I wonder how that would do. Because Sonic's a big character, Mario's a big character, Crash also is, but Crash hasn't been like if you look at the last twenty years, Crash hasn't been as much in the public eye as what Sonic and Mario have. Um, they've also both been around longer than Crash Bandicoot as well. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So, so in terms of the actual trailer itself. Um, I think it looks fine. Um, I don't know. There, there was a lot. There was a lot that they added to Sonic Two, where they added, you know, a bunch of the characters, and Jim Carrey was still there, and you've got the voice of Sonic, who's still really good, and like how they implemented everything. And I thought Sonic Two made the, a, a lot of smart decisions. Um, do you do you think? Because with, with Sonic One, you had no knuckles and no tails, right? And you, mm-hmm. you had pretty much just Sonic, um, James Marsden's character, whatever his name was, and obviously you had Dr. Eggman. Um, do you think Mario would have benefited from... Because <sighs> sometimes you can separate Mario and Luigi. I mean, they do have like separate games sometimes, right? Like You've got, Lu- you got Luigi's Mansion, which Mario is in those games, or some of them, but you play as Luigi and you see him for 90% of the time. I wonder if the Mario films missed an opportunity where... Because you've got, like, what, Toad and Donkey Kong and uh, and you've got Luigi and you've got Peach. You've got, like, everybody in here already. Um, do you think this Mario films missed an opportunity to do what Sonic did? So, like, with Sonic having, like, hey, here's just Sonic, we're going to focus on him, then we'll include the other characters and add that for a sequel, and then, obviously, at the end of Sonic 2, they tease another character who I won't spoil... And you're adding just like more interesting characters, but Sonic, this film's just like, hey, here's everybody in the first film, and with that, and I get it, it's just like a, a fun, family-friendly kids' film, 
um, which you just go in and enjoy. But I'm talking about that sort of like, I don't know, the the addition of characters, because I don't know who they could add for like a Sonic 2 to, to make that same jump, if you get what I mean. Um, what, yeah. What, what, do you, what do you kind of think of that? I mean, that, that's absolutely the risk when you have any kind of IP that's been around and has that many characters in it. That's the risk you run of how much do we include. Uh, probably mm-hmm. the best example I can show of that is look at the live-action Avatar movie. I mean, they tried to condense, what, four or five seasons of the cartoon into a two-hour movie, and the whole thing just felt can you know rushed and just disjointed with, oh, here's this plot line. Oh, here's this plot line for five minutes. Here's this other plot line for five minutes. Um, that's the risk you run. And as a director or a writer, you just have to say, this is what we're focusing on, and go from there. And there is no right or wrong because mm. at the end of the day, the fans are going to be upset with something, anything. That's what that's what fans do. They're like, this is a thing I love. Why wasn't it here? And you're not going to be able to appeal to everybody. So right. yeah. I can understand why they did it, and I can absolutely respect why they did it. And it's just one of those things that you just have to do it and accept the criticism from what comes after. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of do wonder, like, okay, Bowser on himself, obviously he's, like, Mario's main villain. I don't think, and we don't know how this film's going to go, Not neither of us have seen it, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you'd if you done something as simple as, like, okay, make this a Mario versus Bowser film, and then in the second one, let's say he defeats Bowser in whatever way that means, then you'd be like, oh, for Sonic 2, we've got Donkey Kong, and, like, oh, Mario, uh, Luigi or Peach is here, and, like... They've joined him on the journey, and that's that sort of thing. Because um, I, I on on the hero side, I would have left out either Peach or Luigi, and then included that that character in the second one. So then it'd be like, oh, Luigi's here, and then Donkey Kong's here in the second second uh, film. So, um, but uh, it, it looks like it's got some cool stuff included. You've got like a little bit of the Mario Kart stuff. Um, you've got some of the fighting. I, I assume that's an allude to like Smash Brothers and that. Which is quite cool. Um, I'm still just not... I don't know. Chris Pratt's voice is still just... It, it's not clicking with me. Um, it just... Like... Th- th- there's a couple of lines where it's like, okay. And then there's other ones where it's like, oh, that doesn't really... Um, yeah, and like, it's strictly just not what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because he's such a particular... Because he's got such a particular voice as opposed to, like almost every single other character because he's got the Italian voice and then the others don't really. Um, like Jack, Jack Black as Bowser I think sounds great. I think Charlie Day is it as uh, Luigi sounds great. You've got, um, oh what's her name from Queen's Gambit is uh, Peach. Um, she she sounds great. It's just, um, and I don't know, I don't know what Chris Pratt could do with his voice to overcome the issue that's there. It's just the fact that you possibly should have picked somebody else i don't know i don't know so um but it, it it still looks fun it still looks fine um and i'm sure it'll be fun you know um and i, I think nintendo realized that okay that they're, they're doing sonic we need to do um mario which again makes me think is activision looking at this and thinking because you can do spyro or crash and then maybe i mean sly Cooper's is even further out of the public eye but if you think of like all these platformer characters right um, like Sly Cooper, like you, you, you probably need to remaster the old games and make a new one, and then make a film in order for because otherwise, 
if because I think it's Sucker Punch that did those games. If Sucker Punch just came out and be like, "Hey, here's a here's a Sly Cooper film," some people would legitimately be like, "Wait, who's that?" Because he's been out the public eye for so long. Um, Crush, I think, could work as a film. I'm not sure how you'd animate that though, because um, he's got a very particular look. So, um, which of the platformer characters would you like to see? Maybe a film from in this type of like fun sort of style. Honestly, I don't know because platformers are just such a very specific game style. I don't really think it translates to movies or TV shows very well. I mean, if you look at the Sonic movies, the Sonic movies were great, but how much of the actual like platforming running did they actually do? Yeah, basically none. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see how this all goes. Um, it'd be interesting to see because we're probably getting a Sonic Three. Uh, who else looks at this afterwards and decides to do something? Because um, I'm just thinking with like Sly Cooper, Crash, and Sparrow, I think you need to get some a couple of games out for those three characters and then do a film. Because somebody like Mario and Sonic, like everyone kind of knows who they are, especially Mario, obviously, but. Um, that's just because of the history. Mm. So, we'll see. Uh, what do we want to go to next? I'll leave the Game Awards predictions till last, because we can use the emails with those. Uh, Testo Protocols had some reviews coming out, uh, in the last couple of days. Of course, it came out two days ago, on Friday the 2nd of December. Uh, alongside Marvel's, uh, Midnight Suns, which is an interesting looking game. Um, I've not seen any reviews or anything from Midnight Suns. Uh, hopefully that game hasn't sort of, like, disappeared, but, uh, I think they're well. still under embargo. No, the game's out. So yeah, I, but I, I mean, I, the reviews—they didn't—they embargoed the reviews until after the game launched. Yeah, yeah, but, That's but, but probably why the, you're not seeing them. Both the games did, I think. Yeah, so um, the game's been getting around like sevens and up. Um, there seems to be this um, feeling in the game community that, like, if a game gets a seven, it's bad. Which yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I gave Gotham Knights and God of War Ragnarok both sevens. They both got things that I don't like, but they've got things that I do like. But I didn't say that they're both bad games. I said that they're good because seven to me is just normal good. Like this game is this game is good. They're, you know, that's like a baseline sort of recommend. Like, hey, this game's got some issues, but it, it's it's good overall. Um, if I was to give a game or something a four, that's where it's like, okay, that's that's pretty low. That that's that's what you consider bad. Um. If something's getting below a four, then there's got to be something fundamentally wrong with it. But um, anything from like a seven and up, because um, I would say seven's good, eight's great, nine's excellent, and ten is what like masterpiece, pretty much. That's that sort of the review scale. Um, everyone's got their own different uh, ways of judging all that. But uh, it's a bit like when Gotham Knights did come out, and a few people kind of said like, "Oh, this is pretty good. There's seven out of ten. It's like, oh, so it's a bad game. So like, no, it's a seven out of ten. It's good. So. Anyway, um, it's been getting 7s and up. Uh, some people have given this 9s and 10s, saying it's like absolutely fantastic. Some people have given it like 7s, or some people have given it 6s, because um, they thought it hasn't been quite so good. Um, I've seen a lot of commentary, and just for the record, I haven't played a single second or a single minute of Callisto Protocol, because I don't have it yet. Plus, I'm playing um, what's called Plague Tale at the moment. Um, I've seen some issues that, like, the ray tracing on Xbox doesn't work quite so well. It does on PlayStation, and on PC, you've got frame rate issues. So that that's mm-hmm. that's the things that I've seen and read from, from the performance side of things. Um, it, there, there's certain games that come out on PC that just don't seem to work properly. Um, 
Like it's not been optimized properly for PC or something like that. Um, so those are some of the reviews because some people have like read their their thoughts and reviews and be like, hey, this is excellent. Like really great atmosphere brings me back to like sort of like Dead Space thing, which obviously it's from the the previous team behind Dead Space. Um, and you know, really great sort of audio design and very creepy and combat's really great. Um, have you uh, seen or read any uh, thought uh, opinions or reviews on Callisto Protocol? Uh, not as of yet. I haven't seen anybody that I know that I follow on Twitch stream it. Um, and I don't know if that's because it's not their style of games or, mm. you know, they're playing other... Because a couple of people I know are playing like, sponsored games right now, which is cool. They openly yeah. say, hey, this is a sponsored stream. Um, so I'm playing this, and it's cool. Uh, nobody that I know is playing it right now, so it's kind of hard to judge on that. Um, it's not a game that I would personally play. I'm not a big horror genre in anything in video games and movies and whatnot um so it is a game i would more watch somebody play Mm. um just because you know i'm kind of interested but not really enough to want to you know drop 50 60 bucks to play it so yeah yeah um but no i'm still interested to play this um what one thing i heard about the dodge mechanic which i as i said months ago i liked the animation of the of the dodge mechanic it reminded me of how you dodge in Last of Us 2, which is a compliment. Um, apparently, you don't press. So this is where it gets in, it gets into something else here as well. Usually, with a game with like a third-person game like that, you would usually move the left stick in your desired direction to dodge, and then press something usually like circle, like you do in God of War, for example. Um, you can kind of dodge in in a playtale. You can more sort of just crouch than anything, but still, um, that's like what we used to as gamers. Um, so in this, what I've seen is the enemy will be like swiping at you in a direction and you don't press like a circle or with Last of Us it's L1, you don't like press another button, you just move your analog stick in a direction. Now I don't know from personal experience how good or bad that works or responds, some people said it was like really terrible and some people said it uh, it was like kind of new. This is where this gets into like, we don't want to have the same games you know over and over again and have like things just be the same for years and years in games and we want developers to try new things and to change the game up a little bit which i agree with that's something that i want and i've spoke many times about wanting different ways to interact with games different ways that you can use that interactivity to animate games in certain ways to just to to change things up and keep games fresh and now that we're what two years into the uh series x ps5 uh, life cycle. I want games to continue to find new ways of doing things. So, I think from the uh, I can't remember the name of the devs for Callisto Protocol, but for them to look at that and be like, okay, let's let's change things up a little bit, not dramatically, but a little bit. So instead of you pressing a button to dodge, you just use your analog stick in a certain way. Again, I don't know how good or bad that works, but it at least they had it in their mind of like, oh, should we just do the normal thing of having a button press to do this or that? And they wanted they wanted to try something different. Um, which is something I appreciate. Whether that thing works or not is a different result, but um, it, it's a developer trying something different, which is something that I, I appreciate. Um, there is obviously the phrase of, you know, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Um, but uh, d- just in the way of changing things up a bit, ma- making making things just slightly different and keeping us kind of, especially in this type of game, uh, keeping us on our toes, I suppose. Um uh, so what do you think of like um, what I've kind of explained there about the, the dodge mechanic and developers trying to sort of 
try new things a little bit. Yeah, that's one of those things to where muscle memory comes into play so much. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you think about games, um, and we just do things the same way because that's just how our brains are trained to do it with video games. Yeah. Because if you think about it abstractly, um, you're playing a racing game. You know, you moving left on the left analog stiff to turn left and right to turn right. That's not congruent with how we actually drive. But that's how we've trained ourselves to be. And so it just kind of falls into that same category. Mm. Yeah. So, But, you know, when I get my hands on Callisto Protocol eventually, I'll uh, give my thoughts on the new mechanics and whatnot. So um, just a couple of other little things. Uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners 2, or Chapter 2, I think it's called Retribution or something, um, is arriving on March 21st on PSVR 2. I don't think this game comes out on PSVR 1 because it's an exclusive to PSVR 2. Um, I don't know uh, if the price will change between now and Mar- now and um, because this launches in February, doesn't it? So this will be about a month after um, PSVR two launches. I believe it's like February sixteenth or something for uh, PSVR two. Uh, again, as we spoke before, when the information got released uh, two three weeks ago, um, it's going to be I can't remember the the US price, but the UK price I think was like five hundred and twenty or something. Which I'm interested. In PSVR 2, everything that I've seen and read about PSVR 2 sounds kind of innovative and interesting and kind of different. Um, so I'm interested in that. But I both can't technically and wouldn't really want to spend that much money on something like that. Um, and it's it's bizarre to me that because I, I think in the UK at the moment, again, depends where you look. I think the PS5 itself, just with the one DualSense controller and that's it, is 480 so the fact again that you know the actual an accessory because the PS as good as PSVR two is going to be it is still an accessory and a peripheral is still more expensive um, than the console itself is bizarre. Um, so I w- I would like to play this game on March twenty first, but if the PSVR two is still going to be so expensive, I'll just simply wait for the uh, price to go down. Um, what do you think of uh, this getting a release date and it being a bit after? Um, PSVR yeah, 2's launch. It, I mean, it, that's what we talked about before when they first announced the price. And you and I both said this. That price point for the PSVR 2 is going to be a massive, massive barrier for people getting it. I mean, it is... It's not like it... If it was the same price as the PSVR, it'd be one thing. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's, a, that's an upgrade. I spent that much money to get the original. I'll spend that much money to get... Um, the new version. It's just so much more expensive. Mm. That's going to put off so many people. Um, and it's not like the PSVR had the greatest attach rate. I mean, it was like, I think we talked about it. Is it 1 in 27? Which isn't bad. 1 in 5 or 1 in 10 even attach rate to some peripherals. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I wish... I would love to try it. I mean, I don't even own a PS5, um, so I would have to drop over $1,100, not including tax, mm. to get both the PS5 and the PSVR 2 just to try it. And technically, I have the money for that, but I wouldn't spend the money for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference between having the money and actually wanting to spend that much on something so uh looking forward to psvr 2 still itself um and saints and sinners 2 i enjoyed the first game but uh very expensive at the moment so 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. And last bit I've got is uh, Game Awards predictions, which we do have some emails to tie with. Um, tell you what we do. We've got we'll go over to your news stuff first, and then we'll kind of finish on this whole Game Awards predictions and whatnot. Uh, so we'll switch things over for now. Uh, what do you have to talk about this week? Uh, well, first up, if you're a fan of Splinter Cell and, and live in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, you can get a little bit more of a fix until whatever reimagining, rebooting, whatever happens. On BBC Radio 4 on Friday was the first of eight Splinter Cell audio series. Um, the article does not talk about if you can you know, listen to it on demand anywhere, so can't really talk about that. Uh, the synopsis for the show reads, In this all-new story, based on Jam Swallow's novel published by Conte Books in 2022, Sam Fisher is recruiting new operatives for the NSA's 4th Echelon Division. Among them is his own daughter, Sarah, but an assassin from his past returns from the dead and threatens global security. Now Sam and Sarah have to work together to neutralize dangerous technological advanced cyber warfare technology developed by villain Brody Teague, whatever the cost. Um, sadly, Michael Ironside will not be voicing it. Instead, the spy will be voiced by Antonius Anthony, uh, best known for his work on the British British radio series The Archers. Anthony is joined by Will Poulter, Daisy Head, Rosalind Craig, Sasha Dawn, and Nick Patel. Uh, so this is a radio series. The article talks about how the original Splinter Spell was released in 2002, which... Damn, that's a 20-year-old series. Now I feel old. Uh, The last installment of the series was back in 2013, uh, which is why so many people are hungry for a reboot or um, an update or anything like that. Because it has been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what's going to be first? Is it going to be another Split Cell game or the next Superman film? (laughs) uh, Hard telling. Both of those we last saw in 2013. Well, we've seen Henry Cavill's Superman in film since 2013, but there's been no Superman film since then, which is still bizarre. But anyway, it's a different topic. Um, yeah, I really liked. I think it was Blacklist and and Conviction. Um, those are the two that I've played. Uh, I can't remember if there's any other games from the franchise that I played, but I've heard some good stuff about some of the older ones. But they're just like you know, they're they're original Xbox games, and they're probably a bit a bit old by now. Which is where you can do remasters and remakes and actually make it effective. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, they did a while ago say, <clears throat> I think it was with the first Splinter Cell game, which I guess is just called Splinter Cell, that they are going to be remaking that, so um, that was a that was a while ago, but hey, Game Awards are coming up, so you never know what we might see. Um, I think Netflix is supposed to be doing an animated series at some point, um, whether they'll release it and tell anybody, or cancel it after one season, who knows, um, so you got that coming out. Um, I mean, they, they did a very good job with Cyberpunk, so... You know, we'll we'll see. Um, but oh, I'm excited-ish to see um, what they do with Split and Cell. I don't really have much investment or interest in the audio series just because I want to play a game for it. Um, he does have a daughter, doesn't he? In the uh, in the, I think it's Sarah, his uh, his mm-hmm. daughter. Um, they, they never quite did the sort of passing the torch thing where like she learned to be a spy or whatever whatever you'd call it, um, and then she sort of takes over because. In the later games, uh, or Blacklist and Conviction, he, I mean, he's not quite like Kratos old or whatever, like old, old man, but um, you could tell that that's a character that's like aging slightly, and he's sort of like, 
not quite at his retirement days, but get getting ready for them, maybe. Um, I mean, in these stories, there's only so long that your uh, hero can kind of do things for, because they're humans and they do get older. So, um, But, uh, yeah, we'll see where they go with, with that. Because after they've, like, brought Splinter Cell back with this remake, it'd be interesting to see how Ubisoft responds after that. So, we'll see. Um, where are you at with Splinter Cell right now? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear the audio because it is based off the books. Um, the only real problem that I have is more of a, you know, fiction to real life translation. Obviously I can't go into too much detail because of privacy concerns, but with my job, I do work, uh, with police officers and, uh, you know, child protection services officers. And the one thing I can consistently tell you is the people that I talk to do not want their relatives or their children's to go into their business because of what they see, what they experience, what they have to go through. It's one of those things you wouldn't wish that on a family member. Yeah. And so anytime you see storylines where, oh, this is my daughter, this is my kid or whatever, I'm just like, if that was a real person, the last, absolute last thing they would do would be to bring them into that business. It is an absolute no. And you do see, you know, with like firefighters, it's one thing because of the protect and serve thing. But like with police officers, child protective services, things like that, which are absolutely necessary, but so much trauma in it, you would never put that in. Um, And obviously, I don't know spies personally, um, but I would have to assume that would fall into that same category of you would not want someone to experience that world. Mm. Um, I understand it from a narrative perspective, but from a real life perspective, it just, it doesn't click. Is that kind of disconnect? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, All right. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, Well, the last thing I have is kind of a lot of the same thing. Like I have a couple of times. Um, Todd Howard did an interview uh, with Lex Friedman. And this is a very long interview. When I say very long, it is almost three full hours. Um, So obviously we're not going to go over the whole thing because that would take forever. So I did pull a couple of things from that. And if if you have the time, I would recommend watching this podcast because it's very existential. It goes into a lot of different things. Um, Some of it's video game related. Some of it's philosophical, which it's always interesting to see somebody that we've seen do so many interviews get taken out of that interview headspace of, oh, I have to take this thing that I know 19 things about, but 15 of the 19 things I'm not allowed to talk about, so I have to condense the four things into a 30-second soundbite. No, this is very much of you hanging out with your mates at the pub, and then the next thing you know, it's six hours later, and you're still talking about life. Mm. Um, That's very much this podcast. Um, But the things that I do want to get into, first, um, he does talk about Starfield in a bit, you know, in in a good chunk. Of it, um, the first thing is that he talks about the thousand planets, and he said it was a balancing act of we can make these planets, but how do we make them interesting? And he breaks down into the fact that you know not all the planets are going to have life forms on them because that obviously wouldn't make sense. Um, a lot of the planets are going to be just resource bases um, that you can have fun with, that they're kind of like empty sandboxes for you to do stuff with. Um, he also talks about uh, fuel and the ships that you fly around in that they could have if they wanted to push a button, make you run out of fuel and just be stuck there 
But he said he quote he called that quote a fun killer. Um, so obviously they dialed that back. Uh, he talks about piloting in space. He says it's going to be one of those things that a lot of it is just kind of a blank slate for you to have fun with. And he's uh, sure the modding community that they're just going to be able to go nuts with it. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, be curious to see more Starfield again, maybe at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like typically, if I think about what a Bethesda game is, like a like a Skyrim or a Fallout or something like that, they're not typically games that I do gravitate towards. I will play Starfield. Um, obviously, it'll be a big game and everything. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what this turns out like. But They've they've really got to be. I think one of the things they got to be most careful of is okay because you you can add like whether it's a single player game or a live service game, you can update any game at pretty much any point now because of the way that games work. You've really got to make sure that um, on on day one, like let, let's let, let's dismiss like pre- preview reviews for a minute, right? Because that's obviously where you know a couple of weeks before a game comes out. You know, is it a seven? Is it an eight, nine, ten? What what is it? Um, if we dismiss that part of the conversation for a minute, they've got to make sure that on day one there isn't any sort of like glaring missing features or like some game breaking bugs. Um, I think at minimum, like on launch day, because a lot of people will have this game on launch day, this needs to at least be good. Um, I I think what they would want. Um, from day one from this game is for players to you know start this game play this game and think this is really great this can be built upon instead of like hey this isn't quite so great it needs fixing in these areas um because when you when you would go and play a game as big as what starfield is supposed to be one thing that at least i think that you want running through players heads is okay this is a great game it can do loads of stuff but it has potential for the future like more potential for the future um and obviously when you look at something like let's say fallout 76 that game there, there were some questions about like okay how is this going to fo- function in terms of multiplayer that was obviously a different thing to tackle but the game was basically broken when it when it kind of launched and you, you you can't have that again and i mean l- luckily for bethesda there's sort of like a lucky and an unlucky side for them because okay you've got this microsoft money behind you now which is really great but in terms of like gamers trusting you again and building back that like brand recognition, and when when people see the Bethesda thing come up at a conference or whatever, and they say, "Oh, Bethesda's new game," what like how are you gonna? Because I think at the moment it's sort of you know Bethesda logo comes up, and because we, we've all got the, those thoughts about like game companies, right? Where we see we're watching like a, a game awards or an E three or something like that, and a game developers title card like a naughty dog or whatever comes up and you have you know a response where you think do you do do you trust that developer are you excited for the next game that that type of thing and they've got to uh work a bit on trying to trying to get that um trust back i think and that starts definitely with with starfield it's interesting with um ghostwire and deathloop because um not only was it the fact that those games kind of disappeared after two weeks, like both of them, but they didn't have the same Fallout 76 problem where, like, these games are broken and then everybody forgets them. Those With those two games, it was, at least from what I saw, was kind of, some people enjoyed them, they were right, but then people forgot about them, which is, like, 
a passable response. But in order to like get back to the get back to those sort of like Skyrim um, days where people really love them, uh, that starts again with Starfield, I think. So, um, what do you think at the moment in terms of Starfield? Yeah, I mean, it is one of those games that I do want to play it to experience it. Um, hopefully, it'll come out sooner rather than later. Um, I am, you know, Game Pass Ultimate until August of next year. So if it comes out before then, it'll 100% be in my download queue. Um, if it comes out, I really hope it doesn't come out after that. Uh, but if it does, that's one of those things that I'll just have to wait to see for the reviews on it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I've said many times before, this is a game that Bethesda cannot get wrong. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, world shattering, you know, mind blowing the absolute best thing ever existing ever. But after Fallout 76, it absolutely cannot launch in a broken state. Obviously, with games like that, the modding community is going to go nuts with it, like they did with um, Skyrim and other games like that. Um, Just mod the crap out of it. Uh, Fallout 4, perfect example of that. There's so many mods for that. And Bethesda has tried in the past to embrace... Uh, the mining community, their their failed uh, creator division, where they would let people actually make money off of that. I like the idea. I just think it was implemented wrong. But yeah, Starfield yeah. has to be done right. So yeah, I don't think they can afford to have the journey that No Man's Sky did, where you've got this big sci-fi space kind of open world thing. It's like, oh, this isn't here. This doesn't work. This isn't quite that great. Um, and then go away for two years and then come back. Because um, No Man's Sky, from what I understand now, is a pretty great game. Um, but when it launched, it had those problems, which, again, was kind of the same, different genre, but diff- same kind of thing as uh, Fallout 76, which was like, hey, there's stuff missing from this game, and it doesn't really work properly, and, you know, hey, go away for two years and then fix it. It's like, no, nah, you, you, it, it, it hurts a game a lot when you launch it, in a state where it's missing stuff or it doesn't work and they're like hey we're gonna you bought this game cool now we're gonna go away and fix it for two years it's like but it's out now so um yeah, yeah. what what do you what do you want same to, same to with do? fallout 76 i mean it launched and now what four or five years later it's playable mm-hmm. yeah so uh you said that was all you had this week i think uh that no that's part of what i had oh, um right. obviously the um the article goes into some other stuff. Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, with the trailer for Raiders of the Lost Ark's next movie dropping, uh, he did bring up the pit game that they are developing. Obviously, no release date, no anything about that, but he does talk about that. He says he actually pitched the idea for the game to LucasArts back in 2009. So this is how long that game has been percolating as an idea uh, for him at Bethesda. He talks about when he saw the movie, he said, I saw it when I was younger, and I believed it. I believe that that happened, and I believe that they found the Ark. I couldn't believe that they found it. Um, I remember that age when your innocent eyes gazed on the screen and wonder at it, and at some level believing it to be real, and that was his drive and inspiration for making the Indiana Jones game. Obviously, not going to have um, anything, any relatable thing, anytime, anywhere, remotely soon. Um, but that is part of the article, the interview that he did that was about three hours. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you in terms of it will take a bit of time for that to show up. We did hear about that a couple of years ago, though. So, um, that's maybe at a point where, like, okay, get a trailer out there, maybe. Maybe get get the, you know, with the film coming out, get that, get the game into people's minds again. Because I'd kind of forgotten myself that that was a game that was happening. Um, that's a game that's got some potential, I think. I, I'm not all that sort of, like, clued in with, uh was called Indiana Jones so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you like the full potential of that game so we will uh we'll, we'll see what happens with that one and um, that's another one that like hey could that pop up at the game awards with a little trailer um just just a little something of like hey here's roughly what it looks like and we'll slap a 2023 date on it just to sort of get you get it into your into your mind and that that would help as well because we just got a trailer for the uh new film so uh we'll see with uh that one as well I suppose yep. Um, um, the final takeaway from that podcast relates to um, what we were talking about earlier with video games and their translation is talking about the Fallout TV series. He does go into a bit of detail on that. He says that he's been in discussion uh, for several years with movie pitches, and he says, quote, when people wanted to make a movie, all they wanted to do was tell the story of Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 as a movie, and he was meh on it. And that's that's actually in quote he says meh, and then he decided let's just do something that exists in the world of Fallout. He added, "Let's tell a story that fits in this world that we have built, doesn't break any of the rules, can reference things in the game, but isn't a retelling of the game." And that statement alone, right there, is why I'm bullish on the Fallout TV series because we have talked about this before, and I've said this both here on this podcast and the occasional times when I've jumped over to David's podcast on Geek Town, is that they're not retelling something that we already know. They're saying, this world exists, let's do something within it. And that's why I think, as long as the story's good, and the story doesn't suck, that the Fallout TV series could be absolutely amazing. Mm. Yeah. See, that's where Fallout does differ from something like The Last of Us, because if... If I was if if the news for The Last of Us was like, hey, this is a TV series, but it won't be about Joel and Ellie's story, and I'd be like, well, what's, what's, what are you doing then? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, that's that's the story that so many people love and that sort of thing. That there's a line between, and this is what this is what I found with like recent video game adaptions is because I remember when I watched that pilot episode for The Witcher, and when I saw the trailers for The Last of Us, and those are both you know IP that I care about. There's a difference between like, oh, you're just telling the same story to your... And, and granted, you know, those, those games kind of look... Well, The Last of Us looks more photorealistic than, than The Witcher, but they still both have that kind of like real sort of look to them. Um, sometimes it's about like, no, let's get real actors in these roles and on like real onset locations to, to literally bring the game to life. Because um, sometimes that can have a particular pop and feel about it um i think with the last of us tv show that they're gonna tell the same story but also like add certain things to it and do other other bits and pieces but um see that's that's where like with fallout because there is no like you know protagonist or story that you have to tell um because you're not gonna like for example you're not gonna do a last of us story and be like hey let's not make ellie immune or let's not have her meet joel because then the story just doesn't happen in the same yeah. way right or like hey let's have them like the fireflies don't exist or 
um, you don't come across Tess or Bill or David, it'd be like, okay, there's maybe one or two of those things that you possibly could do, but you couldn't have like, I don't know, Joel doesn't have a daughter or something, because then you just don't get the same story. Um, or is it the same thing with God of War? Like if he went to if he went to make a TV version or a film version of God of War, and said like, hey, let's let's tell the same story of Kratos and Atreus, but take Atreus out of the story. Like it just it, then what what was the story? Um, but and, with Fall- and the Fallout series has always been that. I mean, the lead protagonist for Fallout Three is not the same person <clears throat> as Fallout New Vegas, which is not the same person as Fallout Four. Yeah. So you already had that embedded in the world of there's different vaults. We'll just go to a different vault and it'll be a different person. Mm. Same thing with Skyrim. Like you make your own custom character mm-hmm. in that. So, um, but then those games are kind of built around that idea. So, um, which admittedly does make it slightly more flexible of an IP than something like The Last of Us, but mm-hmm. um, not necessarily better, but more flexible because you can kind of do whatever you want with it. So, um, we'll see how uh, how all this goes. Um, I'm curious about the Fallout TV show though. I will uh, I will watch it. It's got Amazon's money behind it, and it's got um, the two Westworld people. So, should be cool. Um, cool. Should we do some uh, game more predictions and then do emails and stuff? Tie that all together. Yeah. Cool. Uh, if you'd like to write in um, to the show, let us know anything about anything that we've discussed. Let us know what you're playing. Are you playing Callisto Protocol? What do you think so far? Uh, what do you think of the Mario trailer? Etc. Etc. Matthew at Entertainment Talk the Dog. Twitter e Talk UK. There's a contact page information in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. So we're going to do Game Awards predictions, but we're going to also use. Um, yeah, all, all three of these emails are about the Game Awards, so we'll we'll go through those, and then if we've got any leftover ideas or thoughts about Game Awards predictions, um, more, more in terms of announcements, because we already went through all the nominations and stuff, so uh, Jake writes in first, says, what a cool surprise it would be to see Stray win Game of the Year. Um, it would be nice, it would be cool, it would be kind of like the, not really the hidden gem, but the, the underdog of, uh, yeah. you know, obviously it's a cat, but underdog still. Um, but <coughs> oh dear, but uh, yeah, because um, the the way I'm looking at the game awards, like Horizon was good. Um, some of the other games there were good. I think it is a battle between Elden Ring and God of War, so I think one of them will take it. Um, but you never know. Stray, I I think Stray ho- hopefully should win something. I can't remember all the other categories, but it, it is nominated for just more than game of the year. Um, yeah. What would you think if Stray had a had a sneaky win for game like the actual game of the year? I would absolutely be behind Stray winning game of the year because when you think about it, it has no voice acting of all. It is strictly dependent on this the world that it built and the story that it told through interaction. And you're a cat, and that game was amazing. I didn't play it because it wasn't really a style of game that I play. But I've had I've watched several of my friends. Bex streamed it. She just finished it. Uh-huh. Um, Mel, her name is Malula, that I talk about every now and then. She played it. They all loved it. And the fact that the ending, which I won't spoil, you get super emotional at the end of it over a non-human character mm. just tells you how good of a game this is and how good of a story and a narrative that it is. It absolutely deserves to be in the contender. I would love for it to win. I don't see it. I do see either Elden Ring or God of War, one of those two, winning it. Um, but yeah, I would lo- I would do backflips if that game won it. 
<laughs> nice. I'm I'm way too old to pass the point of putting my ass over my head for any reason, but I would do a backflip if that game won it. Nice, nice. See, this is one of the occasions where I gave Stray a don't skip uh, um, rating, and I look back on that and think, yeah, it was good that I, I gave it that at least. I can't remember at the time, because I think it came out in July, because I extended or opened up more... Uh, tiers in the uh, review scale because I I had at one point just must play don't skip possible skip and skip and then I added the strong uh, must play and then the hard skip so it's like the the other extreme ends I can't remember at the time if I'd introduced the strong must play or not or if it was just must play and skip because I kind of look back on that game now um and I'm like, okay, if 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 I was going to like re-review the game, which I'm I'm not gonna do, I'm not, I'm not gonna go and re-review the game again and like change my rating. I probably would have given that a light must play, just because that like when when we because we talked a few times over these couple of weeks about like the world building and and the story it's able to tell with how limited the game is, um, mm-hmm. and it, it does do a really good job with that. But I, I it's still a game I I very much enjoy. Um. But again, me giving a game a don't skip is still like, hey, this game is really good. Go and play it. That's that's still on that scale. So um, I don't think it will win Game of the Year, but it would be very cool if it did. But I hope it at least wins something in something else. I think it's in like a venture category or something like that. Yeah. So. If nothing else, um, you know, narrative and or art direction. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's in either of those categories, but it absolutely deserves to win yeah. awards. <clears throat> Harrison writes in says, uh, I predict that Microsoft will announce another acquisition at the Goatees Game of the Year Awards, uh, but something small. Um, well, I don't think they, I don't think they're going to go and buy like Ubisoft or something after after all this. Uh, and it, they're still dealing with the uh, Activision acquisition and still trying to remind people every two weeks that uh, COD isn't leaving PlayStation. So and Sony throwing a tantrum like a petulant five-year-old child every yeah. two weeks as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like. I I just I get that it's business, right? I just like when I look at the deal that's in place, and we don't know all the I's and all the T's that have been dotted and crossed, right? Because we we can't see the contracts or what's been written up or you know bonuses and bits and pieces. We we can't see that, right? But from a basic level of, um, hey Sony, we're going to keep the original deal in place and extend it. If I was Jim Ryan, I would be like, cool. And that's it. But again, I don't know like all of the ins and outs because I don't work for you know PlayStation or mm-hmm. Sony. So, um, but then I- I- even from that side of things, though, if I'm Phil Spencer on the other side, I'm literally thinking like I'm not taking COD off of PlayStation. And then if I'm Jim Ryan, I'm thinking just relax. COD isn't going to leave PlayStation. So literally, if if I'm looking at both of what their mindsets probably are, um. I don't know why there's been so much like, like every every two weeks, once every month. Like, hey, just a reminder: Call of Duty isn't leaving PlayStation. I mean, at the moment, I know it's a different time for it right now. Modern Warfare Two, the uh, marketing rights are with PlayStation. <laughs> so, like, yep, yeah. Um, and when I see like adverts for the game and things like that, and like haptic feedback adverts, it's all PlayStation and stuff. Um, and they they got the beta first and all that sort of thing. Um, so again, don't know. Every- I don't know everything that Jim Ryan knows, but just like, just relax. Like you- you're not losing COD anytime soon, if ever. And then if I'm on the Phil Spencer side, 
I wouldn't take COD off PlayStation because it's a juggernaut and it makes loads of money. And if you take it off PlayStation, you're just going to lose money. So that's that's just the way that I look at that. Um, small acquisitions that they, they could make. Um, I mean, if you're thinking in terms of somebody like Ninja Theory or something, obviously they've already got them. Um, I kind of wondered for a bit of time. This was sort of around like, you know, that really hype sort of high period of cyberpunk just before it came out if somebody was going to maybe buy cd project red um i don't know all the numbers of like what these companies are worth or how much that will cost everybody and what i i don't know those ins and outs but um maybe not cd project red but somebody like that possibly um i mean don't forget in terms of reveals and stuff they did show the series x at the game awards so microsoft isn't afraid to show things um I don't know, but someone like CD Projekt Red is a possibility. Again, I don't know how much that would cost, or I'm not saying Microsoft can't afford it, obviously they can, but um, what are you thinking in terms of if, if Microsoft announced another acquisition, what would that and could that be? I honestly couldn't pick because I can't think of a company that's big enough that Microsoft would want that yeah. either they they don't already own or B, would want to sell. Hmm. See, if I'm looking at somebody like From Software, so that's the that's the Bloodborne people, right? I would more li- I I more align those mm-hmm. games with like Sony's platform. Like it made more more sense for them to buy them, just like the way they bought Bluepoint because Bluepoint did a bunch of remakes. So it wouldn't have made sense for Microsoft to be like, "Hey, can we buy you?" Um, but I can't think of any. I can't think of anybody that's got that type of relationship with Xbox and Microsoft to where they would buy them. Um, and even in terms of cyberpunk, that seems quite neutral in terms of which platform it's more recognized towards. So I'm not sure, but I I, I wouldn't you know they're not going to go and buy like Ubisoft or you know somebody like that. So I don't know. Uh, Jack writes in and says, uh, sorry, Jack writes in and says, do you think we will see any hardware announcements at the Game of the Year awards? Um, I can't think of any that are coming up. I don't think Switch is going to do like a proper pro model at some point. We already have, we, we don't need like a Series X Pro or a PS5 Pro, it's too early for that sort of thing. Um, I also don't think, I don't think anybody actually needs that. Um, I, I was reading some comment the other day, or maybe a couple of months ago, about how Gotham Knights, with, with its 30 frames per second on uh, PS5 and Series X, and somebody said like, hey, if you want more real games to have 60 frames we need a ps5 pro and i'm like no you, you, you don't you, you don't there's there's plenty of games on ps5 and series x that have 60 frames um that's more of a development thing than an actual console thing um that was more to do with warner brothers montreal not making a game that could go above 30 frames <laughs> so yeah. um but i i'm i mean i've only just kind of got my ps5 and only got just got my series x i'm not like thinking hey do you know what i really need is a is a series x pro or or like a new xbox or a new playstation so um and they're only about two years old each um steam deck pretty much just came out uh the the switch is the only one i can think of that like hey you could do with a bit of an upgrade maybe well they did the switch Um, upgrade they did the OLED well oled version that was that was that that wasn't to do with sort of like more power and stuff was it that was just a better looking screen from what i understand so um, I mean, it, rumors it, it, are that there is a PS5 Slim in the works, but I don't know that they would announce that yet. So, hmm. yeah. Again, that that's more for sleek 
sort of style. No, no, nobody needs that right now. So. Yeah. Plus, and the PS5 is a big honking machine. Yeah. Plus, so. some games are still coming out on PS4 anyway, so it's not like we need mm-hmm. a PS5 Pro. <laughs> God of War. I don't know how God of War runs on PS4 or you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or uh, I think Plague Tales on PS4. There's, there's, there's still got games coming out for the previous gen system still, so we, we don't need an upgrade on those. But Switch is the only one I can think of, but uh, I, I I can't think of any other game uh, hardware announcements particularly. Um, unless it's... unless the, I don't think this would be right now. The, the only thing I can think of is if uh, Nintendo is looking at Steam Deck... And thinking, how can we, how can we maybe get closer to that? Get a more powerful system, um, and also better controllers. That would be very good <laughs> as well. So, um, heck, you don't even really need to improve the Switch itself. Just like redesign and improve the Joy Cons, I think. So, um, but then they'd release those and they'd be like a hundred dollars each or something. So, um, outside of all that is because there's a couple of things I was maybe thinking of. Is there anything you can think of in terms of um, things that you think we might see in terms of announcements at the Game Awards or things that uh, you think are going to maybe be there? Um, <clears throat> I'm sure there will be game announcements. I mean, it is the the Game Awards. They do announcements every year. <clears throat> and like I've said before, I would love some kind of update on stated K3, I would love a, an actual firm, more firm release date of Starfield, but outside of that, it's really hard telling. Hmm. Um, I think some, something for the Indiana Jones game is possible. Um, I think we'd do something from Spyro or Crash. I'd like to see... Uh, I can't remember when Gears 5 came out. I think it was 2018 or 2019, Gears of War 5. I'd like to see, uh, even if it's just, hey, Gears of War 6 is happening, see you soon. Um, something like that. Um, I'd like to see an update from Hellblade. Um, I would say I'd like to see what Naughty Dog are working on, but we did just get a Last of Us uh, TV show trailer. Not that that's to do with the games, that's obviously the TV show, but... Um, and um, what's his name? Neil Druckmann did specifically say we won't see anything else from Fractions Two until next year. Um, but it's, I think it's quite clear that okay, they're working on Fractions Two, but that they are working on something else as well. Because um, I remember when Neil, in the uh, Summer Games Fest, said, "Hey, Matthew's directing Part One, you know, the game. Him and uh, what's called Craig doing the TV show." And then I remember Jeff Keeler said, hey, people are doing this and doing that. What are you doing? Like, what are you directing? And he said, I'll talk about that soon. Because, um, okay, we, we got part one that's just came out. We got the TV show that's coming out. Factions 2. But I feel like they are working on that something else. But I feel like it's probably very early in development. Um, the two games I'd want next from Naughty Dog is obviously The Last of Us Part 3. But I would like to see them do something with Jack and Daxter. I would like to see them take the technology and stuff that they made for part one. Last of Us Part 1, and use that to breathe new life into Jack and Dexter, literally, because they haven't been around for ages. Because um, I would I, I would play a, a remake, remaster version of those games, I think. Um, certainly. Um, I would like as well, not like a $70 director's cut, but the haptics and other, the, the additional bits and pieces they put into Part 1 to just do an update for Part 2, Last of Us Part 2. Um, 
You wouldn't need to. I don't think you'd need to do anything massive. Um, but update part two in in that particular way, so that they're on actually the same playing field, if you want to call it that. Um, what else is out there? There's probably some other games that like we're not thinking of that like a trailer will pop up from and go, oh yeah, it's that it's that game. Um, maybe another gameplay thing for Starfield, something like that. Some sort of uh, I mean, I mean, a release window at some point would be good. Like, is it is it February? Is it March? Is it April? Is it even? Yeah, cute? rumor is... mill is like it's mid March, but mm. um, hopefully we'll get like a better trailer for Starfield. Um, I'm not holding my breath on it. Um, it's one of those things that if if it happens, awesome. If not, yeah, I totally understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's that's all I can really think of. But in probably three hours, when I've posted this episode, I'll probably think of something else because that's how it always works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, it is this week, isn't it? The game awards. Uh, so uh-huh. what we're gonna do is we are coming up towards uh, Christmas ish. Uh, usually we make the last podcast of the year after the game awards because nothing else really happens after the game awards. Uh, so we do the last podcast of the year on the 11th, which will be next week, which will be after the game awards. That is on the Thursday, the 8th of December, or December 8th, as you lot say over there. Four uh, days, I, yep. Yeah, um, I don't know what time that's going to be happening, but uh, we'll still have Friday and Saturday to catch up with it and whatnot. Uh, so we will do that, and then we'll come back. Um, I'll figure out a date probably next week, um, but some point, some point in the first couple of weeks, uh, of January, we'll figure out a date at some point because uh, presumably we'll be playing some games over the Christmas break. We can talk about those, and then hopefully the news will start up again. Um, and sooner or later, we'll have uh, some other new games coming out: Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Resident Evil Four remake, maybe Starfield at some point. Who knows what might be around the corner? So we will do that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look at what we've got. Get involved if you can. Uh, in terms of the night cast, by the way, uh, there is some games right near the end of the year, but I'm going to come back in the new year, I think, with the United cast and uh, cover a game. I I just looked it up. The Game Awards goes live 7.30 Eastern, which is my time, which would make it 12.30 a.m. December 9th, your time. Right. Has that got like a 30-minute countdown timer, though? <laughs> no, it it just says how to watch the Game Awards airs live and free on Thursday, December eighth at eight thirty at seven thirty p.m. Eastern, which is four thirty Pacific, twelve thirty British time. Uh, show hmm. airs across all major platforms, social media, and gaming platforms. Cool. It used to be at like six Pacific time, so it'd be like two a.m. my time, which was yeah. very late, but. Um, see how that goes. Anyway, we'll see you next week for the Game Awards. Uh, as we said, uh, you know, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, TV, games, films, main eye podcasts. Uh, check out all of what we do. Tell other people as well, either by just telling them or using social media. Let other people know about what podcasts we are doing um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also support us through Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news, uh, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio, uh, for renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates. Also, the Geektown Awards are now live. If you're in the UK, you can go and vote, and you can also possibly win a, not a cash prize, it's like a raffle type of prize with uh, stuff instead of cash. Um, but you can also go and vote for your favourite TV 
games and films uh, for the year of 2022 and your most anticipated stuff for the year of 2023. So go to, I think it's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards or just type in Geektown Awards. You should be able to find it there. Go and vote in the different boxes. Put your information in and uh, good luck to anybody that's voting. So go and check out all of that. And there's also an accompanying uh, Geektown Radio podcast where myself, David and Gray went through all the nominations that we chose, the three of us chose. Uh, for all different categories and talked about what we thought might win so go and check out all of that uh bex who we mentioned earlier as well who if you want to go and see some stray gameplay she's doing that uh, she's over on trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch obviously on other platforms as well she does retro gaming chat streams game streams all, all that type of fun stuff she's a, a great content creator so go and check out bex trista b-y-t-e-s for me on twitch uh, eTalk UK for all that sort of stuff and if you want to find those archived or all, all the other stuff gets archived and uh, whatnot onto YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays so go and check out YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays and eTalk UK over on Twitch thanks for listening and um, we'll see who wins Game of the Year next year I still predict God of War Ragnarok um, what are you going with for uh, Game of the Year for Game of the Year this year I, if I had to put money on it I would put money on Elden Ring Elden Ring. Interesting. Both going for different things. That's cool. Uh, we'll see who wins next week. Maybe it'll be Stray. Maybe it'll be Xenobro- Xenoblade Chronicles is it 3. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye.